Welcome to the Pink Cast, the Pink Elephant podcast series dedicated to leading the way in IT best practices. Hello, my name is Troy Dumoulin, and for today's Pink Cast, we have a special guest, David Ratcliffe. David is the president of Pink Elephant, and I want to welcome him today. Thanks, Troy. It's good to be here. Thanks for inviting me along. Now, many of our listeners may have seen David at our other events. He's a speaker and sometimes the host of our, our conferences. David, now you've been at this for a long time. Do you ever miss actually being on the road? On the road, no. I mean, I do enough traveling on my own for the other things I do in my work, but you guys do all of the delivery work, the training and the consulting. I'll leave that up to you. You guys are the experts for that. David, you're the president of Pink Elephant. Some people may ask, you know, what are you doing in your big office over there? What does a president actually do for Pink Elephant? Well, Troy, there's a lot of thinking in my job. I mean, I'm thinking all the time, planning all the time, talking to people, communicating. We think in our job as trainers and consultants that we're just spreading knowledge around to customers. Well, for me, I'm trying to do the same thing internally within Pink, making sure everyone knows what we're doing and why. So that's what the president does at Pink. Now, so today you're the president of a, of a company that's very successful in communicating around service management. But did you see this coming? What was your vision? What were you thinking about? And are we today where you thought we would be, or are we somewhere completely different? I think when we've talked over the years, Troy, you know that I'm not huge into long-term plans. So going back 10, 15 years ago, no, I had no idea what we'd be doing now. But at that time, there was this great opportunity with the ITIL best practice model, and we just began to talk about it a lot in North America, and we wanted to somehow make a living at it, and we seem to have done okay. The brand's done very well. People know Pink Elephant now all over the world, and so no, I can't say that we expected it would look the way it looks right now, but I think we've stayed true to ourselves. We're actually doing what we've always done, which is sharing knowledge and making sure we're having some fun along the way too. Now, we are definitely known in the industry for our knowledge around service management. However, our mission statement is much broader than that. It, it is actually leading the way in IT best practices. Can you expand on what yeah. that means? You know, sometimes mission statements and vision statements can just be cliches. People recite them and they don't really mean much. But hopefully you'll agree with me, Troy, that we do talk about what our vision is at Pink, and we want to lead the way. We want to try and help people to learn about things they might not otherwise know about. And so how do we do that? What we have to do is build a strategy around enabling our vision. And so we say that we have to research what those best practices are. We document them. We write them down. We write them down in courses. We write them down in papers. We talk about them in conferences, writing them down on slides even. We write them down in our Atlas Knowledge Management System, and then we go out and practice them with our customers, holding their hands in those consulting assignments. And then we also promote them by giving interviews to the press, talking at other people's conferences, and just going out there and making sure the word has been spread around. So, you know, I've sometimes said that we're like bees buzzing around, right? We're picking stuff up from somewhere and dropping it off somewhere else, and hopefully it's good stuff, right? And so we're in the knowledge business and the people business. Speaking about people, I want to come back to our customers. So who are the type of people that actually come to our events, go to our classes, read our stuff? How would you describe these people? Well, you know, customers also can be a bit of a cliche, right? We talk about customers as the people who we sell things to or who pay us or whatever. We actually have three groups of customers. We've got what we call the practitioner customers, and I say those are the people who have real jobs. 
you know, the people who are out there doing what me and you did years ago before we were at Pink, you know, worked in organizations and tried to manage IT well. And so we're giving them that best practice, knowledge, and experience. But we actually have a couple other customers, customer groups. One of them is the, uh, it turns out, is the software vendor industry. And this isn't a group that we set out to impress or to serve in the very early days. It kind of crept up on us. We found that as we talked about people and process that the third component was tools. And so we, we then realized we had to go and encourage the tool vendors to pay attention to these best practice models. And so we engage with them through the Pink Verify program, helping them to ensure that the tools and the services that they offer are adding value to not just to what we do, but to adding value in the, the practitioner environments. The other way that we engage with them is, of course, at our conferences, we give them opportunities to interact with our customers by, by putting on these exhibition-type shows. And there's a third group of customers. The third group of customers is probably the most controversial, I think. It's actually our competitors. Now, this sounds a bit odd. But right from the beginning, we've had, and I, when I say from the beginning, I can remember the very first conference we did in North America, December 97. We had some people attend from a well-known household name, big IT services organization. And they came along, and, and one of the gentlemen there was respectful enough to contact me a few days before and said, hey, you know, I'm thinking of bringing a team of people to come to your conference because this is, is going to be a hot subject. So he had some vision at that time. He said, but, you know, we're thinking of developing our own education programs and they're going to compete with yours and I guess you probably don't want us to come along now, right? At the time I said, uh, no, no, I mean, partly because we, we wanted to have the business, of course, but we always have said that part of our job is to help build this market and if we can encourage competitors to get involved, then that just means the messages we're talking about are more credible, they're more widely accepted. And so right now, we have tons and tons of people who come on our education programs to get certified, who are small consultants doing a very good job for those practitioner customers, but they need the knowledge and the experience and the certifications. Even the big organizations, you know, which I, I hesitate to name because I don't want to embarrass anyone, but some of those big organizations, they'll come along to our conferences to interact with our customers. We know that happens, but that's okay. Because we're confident in what we do, so we don't mind. You know, that's the third group of customers. I mean, that's a, that's a noticeable group of customers. They buy our services. We give them the same quality of service as anyone else. So looking at the conferences, both our own and others, it, it seems like that market strategy seems to have been working because the interest in service management is definitely growing. In fact, one kind of wonders, where is it going from here? So we've asked you to look back a little bit. I want you to put your glasses on and look forward now and tell me what you might see us doing in the near future, perhaps even longer than that? Well, most of what we do is sharing knowledge. In fact, no, everything we do is about sharing knowledge and experience. And it's about people and their behavior, and it's about processes. And that doesn't really change much as time goes by. Yeah, we've had a refresh of the ITIL model a couple of a few years ago, and there's a second refresh coming up. It's on, underway right now. But really, it doesn't change a huge amount. I mean, many industries change kind of on a dime. They change really quickly. But we don't really change that much. The software industry changes a lot because technology changes and enables new things that can, can be done. So those guys are changing a lot. But what we do doesn't. So you might think that we have a very stable product range. And yes, we can. We can become complacent and not change much. 
But there are some new things that we need to do. I think that our customers are becoming more sophisticated in the way that they do their research. They're not just relying on us showing up in a classroom and teaching them the same old stuff, even though it might be interesting and valuable, or even some new ideas. I think time is the most important currency now, not money. Some people don't want to spend a lot of time. They want to do things at their own pace, and they want to be able, uh, just like we do with VCRs and, and kind of digital recorders, we want to be able to listen and watch things when it's convenient to us. So I think we have to be a little bit more creative there in, in some of the traditional products we've done and present our information and ideas in different ways. So that's one thing to keep in mind is that people don't have a lot of time and they want to manage their own time. But the other thing is that going back to this idea of people being very sophisticated is they, they're used to using these clever tools and functionality, particularly via the web. I think they expect more than being able to just download a document or a picture or an audio or a video file. I think there's an opportunity there for us to connect people together more, practitioners and other customers together more, and to connect them more to us so we can learn from them, they can learn from us. So I think the technology these days is providing us with opportunities not just to time slice and manage our time better, but also to maybe do things in more interesting and valuable ways. So it sounds like to me what we're doing here is we're encouraging people to share more instead of having one-way communication. We're focusing on more of a two-way communication model. That's right, and so you'll be hearing more about this. We're we're working on ideas and and new types, not just new products, but new types of products. Hey, David. Well, Troy, you're our director of product strategy, (laughs) so hopefully you're going to have something to do with this, right? Well, I would hope so too, David. (laughs) Now, we have had um, an interesting time over the last 10-odd years. There's been significant milestones. We have an interesting pedigree. Can you go over some of the things that have happened in our background? The uh, Most people who've paid attention to the ITIL model know that it was originally developed in the 80s by the British government. And you can tell from my accent, I'm not from around these here parts. So uh, I used to live and work in England. I used to have a real job at one time. And then I got into the consulting and education business with Malcolm Fry. One of the uh, engagements we got involved in was in a very, very small way, at least becoming aware of and having a very small influence over the way the ITIL project began to take shape. And I must be honest, at that time I didn't realize how significant it would be, certainly in my life or in our lives later. But Pink Elephant at that time was involved right at the very beginning. Uh, We had a lot of clever people working in the organization and we certainly made some contribution there. Personally, I can't claim to have any great impact, but certainly, but there were other people who worked with us who did. So that's kind of how the ball started rolling there. But since then, when we began to cross the pond and work in North America, we really went out on a limb. At that time, it's, it might not sound too risky, but at that time it was like, do we really think, particularly Americans, will pay any attention to what people in Britain think or how they should manage their IT operation. Even now, it sounds like a stretch. All the documentation was written in English. I say English, not American, right? Spelled differently, funny words like whilst and fortnight. And we thought it was quite a risk. But from that very first class that we did in August 97, that public class, and then the conference in December 97, it just took off like crazy. And we've done thousands and thousands and thousands of classes, tens of thousands of people, way more than anyone else has ever done in North America. 
So that's like a huge achievement, which I'm very, very proud of. I know we all are at here at Pink. The other thing is we've, we've kept that commitment going all along, and we've really been at the forefront, and I think we really do justify our vision of leading the way because every single certification that's ITIL was pioneered by Pink Elephant along with the examining bodies. The very, very first certification course in Europe was developed and delivered by one of our guys who still works for us right now, Ron Beals. So that was the service manager class in the very beginning of the 90s. That was a kind of a pilot class that the at that time the CCTA, the OGC now, asked us to do for what is called the Civil Service College, the Government Education uh, Agency. And that was just a trial. In fact, it was meant to be for consultants. The practitioners got wind of it, and next thing you know, we're doing them every other week ever since. The foundation class came next, and a whole bunch of uh, organizations were jumped on that bandwagon because it's fairly relatively easy to deliver an introductory class. But then there was a need for something of an intermediate nature, and Pink Elephant came up with the idea of practitioner training, and we developed a range of classes focusing on single processes. And the Exxon developed the certification. To be honest, was not hugely successful. After a while, we realized that we needed to focus on the customer's need and their roles rather than focusing on the theory and the processes. Mm -hmm. So we did the right thing, I think, and said to Exxon, look, we need to redevelop this. And two years ago, we started to formulate the vision for what is now the new practitioner, which, as you know, has become a huge success. Uh, we, we were, we've just been way kind of over-impressed with the amount of interest from our customers uh, on these five-day practitioner, clustered practitioner classes. And we're halfway through developing those. The third of the four program uh, series comes out online in a few months from now. We have the biggest ITIL gathering in the world with our annual conference every February. Uh, last couple of years it's been in Las Vegas. We're probably going to keep keep going there for a while, but anyone has any other places they think we should consider instead of Las Vegas, they should let us know. And of course, I think right up to date right now, we are involved in the refresh of ITIL, one of only a small group of organizations and consultants in the world involved in the, the new five books. And we have a complete book and a title that we have to do on our own, which Gary Case and George Spaulding are authoring. That's the Continuous Process Improvement Book. Uh, with obviously some input and influence from our other experienced consultants and customers. So we've done quite a lot. Most of this has been on the ITIL field, and so you know people have nicknamed us the ITIL experts, which we proudly carry that title. That sounds like enough to be going on with for a few years, but I'm, I'm hoping there'll be more in the future. Well, I think that is quite a lot to be proud of. Now, David, I have to ask, though, there is one question that has... It coming back to us year after year, and over the last nine years, I know I've had to answer this question. I want to get your opinion on this. Tell me, where did this name, Pink Elephant, actually come from? Well, I've never been asked that before, Troy. Right. I, the, uh, <laughs> no, I used to get asked it quite a lot, but not so much lately. I think people are more used to strange company names now that we have Amazon and Google and Yahoo and... Yeah, all kinds of... Red Griffin. Funny names. But, you know, I just think it helps keep us on our toes when we've got a, a name like that. And I just like to tell people that if, if we call ourselves Pink Elephant, then we'd better be really good at what we do. 
and that's that's usually good enough. I know what I say is basically it's all about marketing. Well, it's you know the pot, the pink and the elephant are kind of uh, pink's a bit of a controversial, not controversial. It's kind of like it it creates very human and warm kind of image as a as a color. It's no, it's not quite as bold as black or a, or a blue, dark blue or something. You know that many organizations for their corporate colors will have those kind of strong colors. So pink's a little bit different. An elephant, of course, is very strong, reliable, intelligent, community-oriented uh, animal. So I think they're two quite positive images, and we bring them together. And pink elephant, you know, we just better be really good at what we do. So this has been a very interesting discussion. You know, our audience doesn't often get a chance to hear from from you and from our executives. So appreciate the the time you spent with us today. Can I uh, interrupt you for a second? Go ahead. Before, I know if anybody does want to uh, make any comments or suggestions or ask any other questions, we've got a website and you just have to click a couple of times and you can connect yourself to anyone anywhere in the world. And, you know, we'd be happy to hear from anyone, whatever ideas or suggestions or comments they might have. And for those of you who need to know our website, it's www.pinkelephant.com. Thank you for joining us for today's Pinkcast, and I hope you come back next week for new content.